Today on Peeling the Onion Podcast, we talk about our top 10 digestion essentials, tips, and tricks. So tune in. It's going to be a juicy one. Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell. Join us in a range of experts as we explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health and talk through ideas for how we can support your wellness journey. Let's jump in and peel the onion. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Cheryl. Happy day to you. Happy day to you. Yes. It is Friday or Friday, as some Ooh. may say. And we are excited to offer up this bonus episode on digestion essentials, tips and tricks. Yes, ma'am. We just couldn't help ourselves. We have given you two juicy, deep, wonderful episodes covering the basics of digestion, anatomy and physiology, and some lots of conversations about poop and lots <laughs> of really good tips on how to even just flag some issues that are that are coming down your pipes. But in this in this episode, we're going to go through our top 10 you know, good, solid tips and tricks. Some of them are a reminder because they're that important and some of them are new. And so hang with us. We're going to do this swiftly and concretely and hopefully leave you feeling like you're, you're more equipped and more clear about how to take the next right step for you. Absolutely. Love your guts. You only get one set. It's a great way of thinking of it. Um, (laughs) And you remember your gut is your first brain. Ah, yes. Right. So smart, right? Ooh, totally. Yeah. And and speaking of, we got to start at the very beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. With <laughs> number one. Yes. <laughs> Eating hygiene. This is a review, actually, but it's so important. Let's just let's let's get into it, Cheryl, because honestly, if we don't chew our food. Let's just start at the very beginning when we actually, you know, we talked about how di- how digestion starts when we smell food, see food, think about food. I mean, think about all the times that we're sitting in front of the television watching a, a, a cooking show and in a swift 20 minutes, we are all hungry when we didn't even know that we were. But anyway, there are, there are enzymes that is at play and in the process of the starting of our digestion and chewing is essential as, as one of the very early steps, right? So yeah. we have to break it. We, we have to break down our food. Our teeth are here for a reason. You know, our stomach and our gut can only do so much to break all that food down. And if we're, we're too busy yammering on talking to our family or friends, or even just holding a conference call while you're eating lunch. If you're, if you're running around, like literally moving your body or maybe in lots of traffic, you're in the car, you're shoving something down your throat. You're not necessarily giving the time and the mindfulness towards really chewing your food. And so what is it that you like to say, Cheryl, it should, your food should feel like what? Applesauce. Chew it till mm-hmm. applesauce. You know, even a bite of food, chewing it 40 times. Yes. Can you even chew it 40 times? You know, I was, I'm in a health coaching and practitioner Facebook live every Thursday called Thursday at three. And it's a group of us. We were just talking about this the other day about like, can you chew your food 40 times? And especially in the context of actually insulin resistance, but like the necessity. So that old adage of chew, chew, chew your food is really, really important. And it's not so much about perfection, 
but it's like, well, what can you do today? Were you able to sit down for one meal instead of none? Right. Right. And make that mindfulness choice. So start where you are and, Mm -hmm. and work your way up. And you know what? I I have to admit, like this was a big feat for me in my Mm -hmm. early days in my own gut health journey and realizing how fast and on the run and, you know, not really taking the time to chew. So really, really key. Yeah, no, it's true. In fact, I'll never forget, I had a friend of mine who studied macrobiotics up in Western Massachusetts at the Cushy Institute many years ago. And she she was studying digestion and, you know, all the things related to, to food as medicine through the macrobiotic lens. And she's like, yep, I just have a lot of gas because I stand up and I eat. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, I stand, I'm standing and eating all the time. So I just have all this gas accruing. I'm like, what, please just translate. This is early in in my journey too. And she was like, yeah, no, I mean, we're not, if you're standing and eating, which by the way, I know guilty as charged. I do it all the time in the kitchen while I'm working, but you know, you're just shoving, you're just basically kind of shoving food down your throat because you're not really taking the time to sit calmly and chew. Now let's just also reiterate, you know, there's a fight or flight response that our body can very quickly dip into if we're stressed, if we're hurried. And so it's not going to take the time to digest that food properly if it's focused on other things. So absolutely. Yeah. So, so chewing, having well chewed food, once it hits the gut ensures even more digestion. That's, that's, that's the key. And we're stimulating our digestive enzymes. That's right. As well. Let's talk about number two. Yeah, man. Eat real food. Guys, not Franken foods, not food like substances, not, I'm going to say it, impossible burger, beyond meats, fake meats, chips, things that are just made with lots of chemicals and additives and is not real food. You know, big time. I love the Michael Pollan's food rules, his sort of adage of eat mostly plants, some meat, some nuts and seeds, some fruit, but not too much, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is really a big thing, but really encouraging eat organic as much as you can afford to do. Now, different people are in different circumstances. Maybe you live in a food desert. Maybe you can't quite afford, but there are a lot of really amazing amazing options for purchasing organic and regenerative meats and vegetables, whether that is a CSA, you know, even a trader, you know, I just got a big order from Force of Nature, which is a regenerative meat company yesterday. And I got venison and bison and chicken and you know, all kinds of stuff, but really thinking about where your food is coming from is a huge, a huge component of this. Yeah. And and the reason why we stress this, you know, I, and I want to reiterate, we, we totally understand that people are in different places in their life and their incomes look, look a lot different. But as you're saying, like, you know, everything from major grocery store brands like Kroger and Publix, you know, Wegmans, you know, Trader Joe's, wherever you happen to live, have store, you know, level store brand or organic options these days. And not to mention there are, there's, the dirty dozen, which is always such a helpful tool, yep. right? We, we want to maybe think about the dirty dozen from a produce standpoint. And so, for instance, you know, I really try by to wait until berries, for instance, strawberries, blackberries, blueberries, 
um, raspberries are more in season so that I can afford the organic option. I mean, being that they're in season, they have, they are, they're going to taste better anyway, but they're also sprayed so heavily because pests love those little juicy, sweet morsels that the berries produce. And so, um, and and they're delicate. So anyway, that that being said, you know, celery is a a hard hit one in yeah. the pesticide world. Apples are hard hit. Something really very porous is something that you know I've observed. Yeah, yeah, no. So so lettuces, it, you know, yeah. again, tender, porous. You want to try to think about organic. Um, now we can. There's a whole. I think the whole conversation about organic meat and regenerative meat is a really good one, and it, it probably deserves more time. But you know, here's a little tip, especially in terms of increasing our digestion. We all need more fiber. There is not much fiber in 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 an ounce of meat. So maybe thinking about re- reducing the amount of meat that we're eating and improving the quality. I think there's yeah. something really powerful there about thinking about about legumes and really, you know, that can tenfold for most people really help the quality of their digestion and reduce the impact on your pocketbook. Absolutely. And also like get a deep freezer. I, mm-hmm. you know, I have I have to say like if you get a little creative in your sourcing and sourcing within the seasons, maybe taking a little bit of time to freeze, you know, stuff from mm-hmm. whether it's your garden or other, yeah. just like some creative management can take everybody a long way and also save you some money in the end. So really encourage that. Yeah, I'm going to throw another one in here. Eat your leafy greens. I know we're talking about eating more fiber, but eating leafy greens with every meal, ideally, um, is a really good hack for just eating real food, eating better greens, which helps support digestion as well, getting us more nutrition. There's something to be said about when we're just more mindful about eating more greens, we tend to just get a lot more veg in our system. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think has been really helpful for a lot of, of the people that I work with is that if we can see our plate divided in quarters, right? So in, in four sections and two of those sections are occupied by greens and vegetables. And then each of the remaining quarters are, are occupied by a protein source and a grain or starch source that can that is how our plate should be ideally, you know, built and yeah. and constructed. And so you can reduce the portions of those for your kids, but even just modeling, even if your kid isn't going to eat all of those things, let's just, you know, talk about that for a second. Even if, you know, the, the people who you're feeding, especially children aren't yet ready to dive into, you know, bitter leafy greens, at least just exposing them to those things, training your palate. If you're, if, you know, starting from some of the sweeter green veggies and slowly, but surely working your palate to a more, a more bitter green can really be helpful. We're not saying jump right into a pile of mustard greens. We're saying, (laughs) yeah, we're saying start at romaine lettuce, start it, try a piece like of arugula mixed into your spinach leaves, you know, focus on some leafy, beautiful broccoli, Put a little bit in the meatballs, you know, sneak sneak it in there. That's right. Well, and for those of you who are parents and we recognize that kids um, can be picky and go through food phases, but most kids need to experience a food between 21 and 25 times before they even realize 
if they like it That's or right. not. So if you have a picky eater, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just continuing to encourage them to try things mm-hmm. and also continuing to put it on their plate, you yeah. know, feed them what you are eating. Don't make your kids separate meals, like no. kid food, quote unquote, is a hoax. And as, as, as I like to say, and so really, you know, it's a great just thing to keep in mind, yeah. right? It is the path of least resistance for some parents, but I think choose your, choose your battles. Don't fight over food. Explain that this is just something to expose them to and be a model, you know, try to be a model. And so they're going to watch you eat those, those leafy greens. And then one day they, they will too. Yeah. I love that. And Um, also one other quick thing um, just to mention with this too, is, you know, don't just eat salads. If you're just eating salads and raw food all day, every day, that may or may not work for your body. And, you know, really, you know, considering like with your salads and your leafy greens, but also like eating cooked, you know, cooked vegetables. So whether that is steamed broccoli or roasted cauliflower, or, you know, I even like to make a wilted salad where I'll take romaine and just lightly throw it in a pan, like lightly, lightly, just cook it up with a little bit of coconut aminos and garlic and ginger. And I do like an Asian greens. Yeah. You know, there's lots of ways to do it. Yeah, totally. I think that there is a tendency, especially in the spring, the minute that it gets hot, people like converge onto salads and it's a big, it can be really tricky, especially on your digestion. If, if you have been eating a lot of cooked foods to go to cold and raw, this is a little bit more of the Eastern philosophy of around, you know, keeping our body warm, helping support digestion with, with warmth. I mean, think about it. Our body is 98, you know, 0.6 degrees on average and and internally. And so if we're throwing in icy cold water, icy cold food, it's just hard. It takes time. Your body has to take energy to warm up all of that food and liquid. And then it, and then it can get to the work of breaking it down. So let's just, let's think about that from let's not, you know, chill. I always relate it to the fact that cold is constricting and warmth is expanding. And we want, we don't want to be constricted in our digestion, especially if you're already grappling with constipation. So we just want it warm and easy and smooth flowing, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And also just, you know, eating with the seasons, like wherever you're located, that gives us a lot of tips and tricks and clues as to what we should be eating. And so in the mm. summer month, you're going to be eating a little bit more raw food and cooling food, cucumbers and things mm. of that nature. But in the winter months, you're going to be eating a lot more cooked food. And so it's a nice, it's a nice reminder, like when in doubt, follow the seasons, right? Yes, exactly. And I would say we're going to get to ferment, f- fermented foods and a few tips and tricks, but they're a great little gateway. If you want something crunchy, you know, snappy, little salty, um, little salty, a lot of like the the vibe of raw. That fermentation process has really helped to to digest, like pre-digest some of those yeah. bits of food molecules. Anyway, so let's we have so much more to go. So let's dive into number three into hydration. Ooh, keep it liquidity. I know. <laughs> so weird today. <laughs> 
Sounds Sorry, so I'm going to weird every day. Let's just be real guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a great reminder. If you haven't gone back and listened to our episode on hydration with Dr. Dana Cohen mm-hmm. and her, on her book quench, um, just yeah, the four phases of water. And so bottom line, we need water. We need good, clean, filtered water. We do recommend people filter their water. However, like, look, hydration is not just about water. Right. And I know, and surprise. I know. You know what? Ever since I'm reading Dr. Cohen's book, ever since sort of died, you know, pardon the pun, but digesting, you know, all the different layers of hydration and the different ways that I can stay hyd- hydrated. Let me just tell you, I, after a long day in the kitchen, I much prefer a good apple than a big bottle of water. And, and that is because, you know, I can, as we learn from her, you know, the fiber, the, the kind of state of the water in the apple, it's like, I'd like to call the gel phase can really, of of water can really help to get into my cells. And that is the goal, right, Cheryl? Like we didn't, a lot of us think, okay, if I just keep, if I drink this like gallon of water a day, I'll surely be hydrated. But what we're missing is the way that all of that water can get into our cells and it it doesn't just happen automatically. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So it's tricky and, and we need support. And one of the big takeaways that I took away, and I know you have a lot of tips as well is around just adding pinch, a pinch of salt to my water. Sea salt, not iodized, terrible salt. That's right. So we need, we need good, clean salt, but that being said, we need a pinch of salt in the water. And why do we need a pinch of salt in the water? We need minerals. We need electrolytes. I'm a big fan of the brand Redmond's real salt. You could use a, you know, a sea salt or Himalayan salt, but I like Redmond's It has all its minerals intact. It's mined in the United States. They're a great company. It's nice and clean, no plastics in it. And yeah. so forth. Um, well, well, that being said, like that, that, that's salt is also like one of the ways it gets through the cell wall. Right. right. So it's the way that it just sort of, you know, gets past that, that lipid barrier that, that covers the cell and helps us absorb it. We're, we're not yeah. going to be hydrated if it's just flowing through our digestive system. We're just going to pee a lot. And frankly, we're going to lose a lot of the electrolytes that we need to keep in our body. Absolutely. Well, and it's a good note for everybody listening that we are what we digest. We are mm-hmm. what we absorb and we're what we get past the cell membrane, Yes, uh, which is part of what we are talking about. And so I like Dr. Dr. Tommy John always says, don't drink, don't drink just plain fucking water. <laughs> he gets really, <laughs> really upset about it, but that's the, then that is the thing we need vegetables. We need fruits, but also mucilaginous foods. So if you think about things that get slimy, so okra, mm-hmm. chia seeds, if you soak them or bone broth, slippery elm bark, they're aloe. There are a lot of foods and herbs that I like to say it's like an intestinal slip and slide. Mm. And also those keep us hydrated for longer. Fat keeps us hydrated. You know, I just think, I just think about like the fat, fat free fad of the 1980s and how dehydrated Mm. all those moms must've been. I know. They're so dried out. I know, like all the products, lack of fat. It was, and and we really didn't understand even in the 80s, like just how much water we needed to be drinking. So, yeah, 
you know, I will say this, like the idea and, and Dr. Dana Cohen really stressed this to us is that the concept of an eight glasses a day rule isn't there. There's not a ton you know, in, in her research. There was, based there was, on anything. There's no science, right? <laughs> it, was, it was really though, for the FDA's purposes, trying to give people a quick and easy way of getting hydrated. And because, you know, we tend to just keep the coffee going, you know, sodas keep going, you know, it's, it's tricky. And even if you're not drinking caffeinated drinks, if you're just drinking water, you might, you might, and especially if you're on adding to this puzzle, if you're on certain medications that can really make you thirsty, the body's just getting more and more dehydrated. One of the things to mention too, and this is really key, especially if you're, if you are in the age group above uh, the age of 70 and, or a caretaker of somebody who's, who's a bit more elderly, is that we our digestion gets worse as we age because our, we don't have as many enzymes and things just aren't working the way that they used to when we were younger, but also because we tend to be on more medications, there's a, there's like a double whammy there. Right. And so we have to make sure that our, our elders are staying hydrated and not just through water, because I know a lot of them like to avoid all the extra bathroom trips. Yeah. Um, so we want to think of like applesauce and thinking, and maybe see if we can get them smoothies. on smoothies, totally get the, and soups. And also like, you know, there are good electrolyte powders out there yes. that are not corn syrup, that are not full of sugar, that mm-hmm. are not full of crap that are high in minerals. And we need minerals. We all need minerals. Our soil is depleted. We are all a little bit mineral depleted. So that's just something to keep in mind. But, you know, even my father-in-law, you know, mm-hmm. I have him on, you know, I, we like the ultimate replenisher, but Dr. Ben Lynch seeking health, you know, they've got a good electrolyte drink as well. And Redmond's Real Salt has an electrolyte mm-hmm. drink. So we're not talking Gatorade guys. We're talking like get a cleaner, more pure electrolyte mix because that hydration is really key. If you're somebody who works out really hard, maybe you sauna a lot, like I do, I have to be really extra conscious of my, my hydration and making sure I'm getting enough minerals in the mix as well. Right. Which brings us to number four movement or happy movement. As I like to call it, I don't call it exercise. Yes. Just move your bones, move your body, dance it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, whether that is you are going to the gym, going for a walk, Mm -hmm. taking your pet out, maybe you are dancing it out to three songs at the end of the workday. That's what I did yesterday because I had a ton of work to do last night and I took a little three song dance break in my office and just, you know, shook it out, danced it out. You know, even things like standing desks. I know some of us work from home or more people are working from home these days. But really, you know, just getting smart about, you know, I have a friend who's a physician's assistant who's going to be a guest on our show soon, and Lauren's Zach, and she is every day during lunch. She doesn't take a full lunch. She actually goes for a long walk. Nice. And, and you know, making the time to do that, you know, has been really key. So, you know, mm-hmm. movement doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be, I'm working myself out to death until I'm pouring sweat and I feel like I'm going to pass out on the couch, but right. just happy movement, stretching throughout the day, rolling your shoulders back. You know, I teach during the week and my classes are three hours long and I 
always do two pit breaks half in class where I just remind my students, like, if you need to stand up, you need to roll your shoulders back. You need to stretch. You need to go get water, like use the bathroom. Yeah. Like just just move. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I agree with you. I think one of the things that I have struggled with is that my job is really physically demanding. And so I'm constantly moving. And so the idea of moving more can kind of be Mm -hmm. a glitch. I'm not sitting at it like at a desk all day. And so the, the, the contrast to that though, is because I'm not using certain muscles, even, even though I'm standing and I'm walking, I'm also needed. I need to stretch out. And so that's just a different kind of movement, right. I'm just making sure that we're limber. I mean, I tell you what, listen, here's my goal as I age, I want to, I want to be able to continue touching my toes. If I can't get to that point, then something's off and I need to, I need to crack the code. I love that. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think it's for all of us, we want to be optimal. We don't want to just be okay or fine or just getting by. Like we want to be optimal. We want to be you know, feeling like we're filled with vitality and, and functional movement is real. If you're doing the same kind of movements every day, you have to really be mindful. I have to be really mindful of this of myself. I'm doing some functional movement with my, my trainer to work areas where I'm like, wow, I'm really weak and some spots in my body and, sure. you know, whether, and I've had injuries and various things. And so mm-hmm. having a little mindfulness is really um, great in that space. Yeah, totally. Just listen to your body. It, it it wants to move. And and the way that it, honestly, and we have forgotten the way that this relates to digestion is that things can get kind of stuck in the digestive tract when you f- are trying to get things to move and get, and keep things moving on, on the regular, like to be regular, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of the bath, our, our bathroom habits, movement, daily movement, regular movement is is yeah. pretty key. Well, and it increases our hormonal movement. And so it also, you know, creates natural stimulation. And even, you know, sometimes um, I have a client right now who's an elder mm-hmm. and um, even um, his daughter goes and what she does is because movement is really hard for him. She massages his stomach and his bowels nice. and just to create some stimulation, some vagus nerve, right? you know, stimulation and so forth. So lots awesome. of great ways that we can work with people to get that movement in. Yeah. So number five is maybe, maybe to consider a fiber drink. And what do we think about fiber drinks? This is, I mean, this is not just your average, we we can, you can go this way if you absolutely have to. And if that's your, your route, but is to kind of go over the counter at the drugstore, but we can kind of use some of our pantry stables to help us do these things. Well, and I think, again, we want to keep things clean. And when I say Mm -hmm. clean, clean of genetically modified organisms, clean of fillers and things of that nature. And so we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I like to call it the good old poop cocktail of mixing. <laughs> I like to put in a coffee grinder, equal parts, chia seed, flaxseed, and psyllium husk, grind it up. I keep it in a container in my fridge. If you put about a tablespoon of that in your water in the morning with a little pinch of salt mm-hmm. and let it get mucilaginous, so slimy, let it sit for five, 10 minutes and drink that can be really supportive for a lot of people who are dealing with constipation or just not getting enough fiber. You need a little extra support and you know what? It's cost-effective. It's good for you. It's clean. And it's yeah. Nancy, as Nancy said, it's staples that you really, you should probably have in your pantry. 
Yeah. I mean, so so many of us are making smoothies at home these days. And a lot of these ingredients are stuff that are already going into your smoothies. In fact, and if you want to add these to your smoothies, even better. I think that one of the benefits too, is like, it's not only just like, you know, <laughs> to, to get a little graphic here. So hold, hold your ears if you're poop adverse, but the idea of like, bulky. <laughs> I know we're still like kids giggling at like the word poop. I'm just so far from being poop adverse that I'm just like, that's why I'm giggling, but go ahead. Uh, Yes, I know. Fair enough. So what I was trying to say is that the, not only will this juicy cocktail that Cheryl described help move things on the regular, it'll actually help bulk things out. It'll help the constitution and the, the je ne sais quoi, let's just say, of the quality of your poop. What we the poop's goal, just just remember, is to sweep out the things that we don't need. And these fibrous, these fibrous and mucilaginous substances can really help bind to two things, grab things, pull things, bulk out the poop so it gets all out. And ladies, right. this means your hormones. This is so. Key. And gentlemen too. And gentlemen, you're right. I know. And so, sorry, sorry, gents. I know it gets, I, but I'm just speaking from my, my own female anatomy perspective that when I was suffering from IBS and going through bouts of crazy constipation and bouts of crazy diarrhea, lots of information there. But the point is, if I could get things going on the regular, my hormones would also settle down. down. And so with the symptoms of IBS. So, so good note, if you're not pooping, you're not detoxing. Thank you. That is it. That is the summary of the story. Gloria. Hallelujah. Number six, good prebiotics and probiotics. Look, think of this as a game of Pac-Man prebiotics are fiber Mm -hmm. (laughs) and nutrients and they fuel the probiotics. It's like putting gas in the car. All right. We know what the world is like right now, (laughs) (laughs) but we want to feed the, feed them. We want to feed them. It's a game of Pac-Man when you, you know, it's like nom, nom, nom. It's eating up all the dots. It's killing the ghosts. You want to go to the next level. All right. That's what's happening, but also fermented foods. And we're just going to touch on this for a hot second. We do have an episode coming up on fermented foods soon. Um, but that's why fermentation is awesome. Okay. Now, granted, I may be a little bit biased here because, you know, I'm, I love fermentation with yes. all my heart and might, but it's fermented foods are pre-digestion. So it really does mimic everything in the body. And so this biodigestion, this sort of pre-breaking down. So you're actually getting prebiotics, your probiotics and some digestive enzymes and making things a lot more absorbable when you eat them. So um, fermented foods are not always optimal for everybody's bodies, but for a lot of people having some fermented vegetables, some sour, excuse me, sauerkraut or kimchi or other mm-hmm. in your entourage can be really fantastic. And also we are just made of microbes. So quick yeah. notes on that. Yeah. I would also say that it's like, you need to start small, just like with, if you're going to start a probiotic and actually like a, a, a supplement probiotic, you know, it it can disrupt the digestive system for a little while, but that's actually good. That's a sign that it's, that it's like, it's introducing something new. And so if you are in the camp where you, 
haven't really taken the the plunge into doing a, a probiotic, buy a good one, get a high quality one. They don't have to all be refrigerated now. There was a, a point in time when they had to stay in the fridge. They're they're much more stable these days. But what, what what I will add is if you're also in the camp where you have been on a probiotic over you know supplement for a while and you haven't changed your brand or the type that you're getting from, from the company that you love, change it up. Variety is the spice of life when it comes to probiotics. And we and if if this is a way that you're that you're helping support your gut or one of the ways that you're helping to support your gut, you really want to change it up. And my suggestion is like once a quarter. So like that's once every three months or so, change change up your probiotic brand. So you get a, like a new host of bugs. Yeah. And also, you know, to add to that, just that, just like fermented foods, sometimes probiotics need to be really adjusted and customized to what Mm -hmm. somebody's unique body. Not everything we are talking about is just like a cure-all or other, we are not your personal practitioners, but it's just a really great note. Yep. Let's keep going. Number seven, sleep hygiene. Mm -hmm. I know the word hygiene is a little weird, but like, yo, you need to sleep when we sleep, our body restores itself. It puts us into our parasympathetic state, a place of, of, of actual rest and relaxation. People who do not sleep well, whether that is because they have neurotransmitters out of whack or their gut is out of whack, or maybe you're a mouth breather. Um, I'm a mouth breather. You guys have probably heard me. I'm a huge fan of the mouth taping, whatever <laughs> it is, but like sleep hygiene is is really, really important. We need that. And it's actually important for our digestion and our bowels. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for just a hot second, because um, this actually ties into our digestion tip number eight, which is to manage stress. So the body, if it's in our fight or flight response, most of the day, we're not going to get a chance to, to to rest and digest until we sleep. And if we're not sleeping well on top of being stressed yeah. out all day, when do you think your body's going to have a chance to, to, to rest and digest? It's just not, you know, and we, we, we've already talked to you guys in the first two parts around digestion of like all the different phases of, of digestion, you know, there are some things that our body needs to get to. There's some work to do. And if, but if it's, if our nerve, so knowing that the majority of our nervous system exists in our gut and it's all day responding to the, like the metaphorical bus barreling down the street at you or, or the saber tooth tiger about to come around the corner and, and snatch you up. It is, it's, it's hard to process these more delicate functions that it needs to do. Yeah. So that is our, our real, you know, heavy reminder. And I know we, we are all managing lots of stress. So tip number eight is to manage stress. And you know what, honestly, Cheryl, let me just say from my own personal experience here is that I, if I could step away and, and give you a theme of what you know, what my work was for the last, like what, what, like my deeper personal work was for the last two years through, 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 through the pandemic, I would use one word and that would be boundaries. And for me, yeah, it it was, it was real. It was real, man. It was, it was real with, with myself boundaries with myself, with 
being a a better parent or a more, you know, a more strategic parent, you know, in, in my relationship with Greg, my husband, in my relationships with family, with staff, you know, being a a boss, right. Managing folks. I mean, it just, it like the list goes on. And so, and let me just tell you, I only bring up boundaries is because it, it helps me manage my stress. And if I, if, if I, I have a tendency to like take on too much, right. I to, like, I have to just like, and have this men, this mental place of having to be all things, do all the things. And I, I can only hold so much, right. We can all only hold so much. And so if I have yeah. anything to like, you know, reiterate to all of you out there is that, you know, in order to get to rest and digest in order for us to create some space for all the things that we've already talked about, managing stress, setting better, better boundaries around our time and our energy is key. So that's absolutely. Yeah. And this piggybacks really well with actually nine and 10. I'm just going to kind of loop it all together, which is, you know, we, we all need to find different ways to deal with our day to day. And, you know, at the school for applied functional medicine, we always like to say vitamin J, what brings you joy? Yeah. (laughs) Like whether that is humans or pets or, you know, being in your garden, being in nature, meditation, you know, it's been a heavy couple of years for some people that might be trauma work, right. You know, and working with a great practitioner, or maybe you go to a sound bath, or maybe you go to whatever it is for some people, it's just making time to take time for you. Self-care. Um, you know, like I like to do a little tea ritual in the afternoon, even when I'm really busy, I try to just carve out 10 minutes where I like go and make myself like a great cup of like an herbal tea blend, Mm -hmm. just taking that moment to just chill. I leave my phone in my office. I go, Mm -hmm. I just walk away. Sometimes I get longer and I just get to sit with my cup of tea for 30 minutes. And sometimes, you know, I got to go back to what I'm doing, but I really look forward to like that little afternoon ritual, just, and even just things like taking a moment for gratitude, whether you are gratitude journaling or just sitting and taking a moment before you even eat a meal and having gratitude for the day, for farmers, for workers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think there's a, a really important practice. I mean, whether you observe like any religious practice and there's, there's plenty, I feel like to choose from if you don't, and you just want to create some sort of ritual, I think the yeah. idea of just having a moment to pause before a meal, before bed, before the day gets started. And, you know, and also just sort of as again, shout out to all of us parents out there is to remind our kids, right? I mean, we have a tendency to, you know, and I, I speaking for myself, actually, there's a tendency for us to want to hold it all like and manage it all. And then also expect our kids to hold it all and manage it all and yeah. not, and they don't have the same means to process like we do. They're they're still trying to figure out all of those skills. And so Absolutely. one of the th- things, yeah, like one of the things I think is really important about the idea of showing gratitude and keeping this, having these rituals and these spaces is that it, you know, a ritual is actually really containing a creating, sorry, a container for us to feel safe to actually share what's going on and sort of have a minute to you know, again, digest our day to process what's going on, to share what's, what's happening in our lives. 
and like the wins, the losses, the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, you know, the, the obscene, I mean, whatever's happening, our world is complicated. Right. So, right. And we need time to laugh. Like when was the last time you belly laughed, which actually stimulates the vagus nerve. Also it's a double win, right? It's, it's really key. And you know, also I really encourage all my clients and I, I, you know, I do something I own. I try to do myself often, which is like, go analog, mm-hmm. put your phone in airplane mode three points wow. in the day, or maybe on a day on the weekend where you guys, you know, we just take some time to disconnect. Maybe you check in just to see if you're meeting up with somebody, but you know, wow. put on records vinyls back, man. And it's good. (laughs) Or like, whatever it is, like be in nature, go for a hike, go to a playground, like whatever, you know what I mean? But actually taking time to go analog and just disconnect is also just really good for our gut health. And so it, you know, again, fun things to consider a lot of great food for fodder if you will. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So anyway, there's so many tips and tricks in here. I, we encourage you to, you know, chew on these, pardon the pun and to get (laughs) some, some things in practice to start to really consider, you know, what feels like low hanging fruit to you. So what are your takeaways here? I mean, we've already, we've walked you through two two hearty episodes on digestion. And now we're just like hammering out some more tips and tricks for you guys. You know, think about this, go back over what we've shared, maybe take a re-listen to some of the digestion, you know, fodder and think about what's the easiest for you to grab a hold of and, and institute in your daily practice. So absolutely, yes. Well, anyway, thanks guys for being with us. There is more to come. Look forward to some solo episodes from me and Cheryl and y'all, y'all take care now. Keep peeling back the onion. You have just finished another episode of Peeling the Onion podcast. Music is by Greg Dijazu. You can also stay in touch with us over Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast and on our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. We would love to receive your feedback on Apple Podcasts and, and YouTube. Keep peeling back the onion.